AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child, to acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Uh, uh, uh. Juan Cosby. We waiting on reparations. Waiting on reparations. Ay, we waiting on reparations. Waiting on reparations. Ay, Let them know. Someone caught me a hottie like the metal when the kettle Aye. sings. I want to be subcommandante, but I'll settle for a Senate seat so I could put Ooh. somebody penniless as head of treasury. And every debt will be forgiven, medical and everything. And while we're at it, plan a plot of fender leaf and win the greens on every street. And pay incarcerated folks free in the ring to tend the beans. So every neighborhood has got a crate of food and every neighbor Ooh. has a stable roof. And all the basic needs are sated, emotional and behavioral. Ooh. That's the fatal world I stayed to pull from the stranglehold of the status quo. But I can't make the change alone. Uh. That's why the day you join us is my favorite day to come. Ooh, shit. Waiting our reverations. Yeah. We waiting our reverations. Now you got that one. That'll be the intro. <laughs> hey, this is Lingua Franca. I'm Dope Knife, and we, we are, are waiting on reparations. Hurry up. Please do. Please hurry up. Oh. We were busy this weekend, weren't we? Got out on pounded some pavement for this district attorney's runoff here in December. Yeah. Uh, here next week. Next Tuesday. It's next week? Oh, ah, shit. it's crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy times in Georgia down here, man. But uh, it was fun, hopefully though. Hopefully, we can elect a you know, progressive district attorney that's interested in bringing restorative justice into like the DA's office and no eliminate some of our disparities uh, racially and socioeconomically in uh, our sentencing. So we were out canvassing for uh deborah gonzalez who is running for uh, da here in athens georgia so mariah like for people who might be a little fatigued with election season or maybe they're only anticipating like the big shit like the senate joint coming up um or just people who don't even really know like explain to them why it's important to get up and make sure that you go vote for you know your your local DA 
election, not just in Athens, but anywhere. Like, it's crazy, man. Like, something like Athens, because 50, black men make up 15% of Athens' population, but 60% of those uh, sentenced to prison in state court, I think 45% of folks sentenced in municipal court, five times as likely to be arrested for marijuana. Um, despite the fact white and black people use it at the same rates, half of the juvenile justice system cases are black youth, like all this shit. Oh, and, uh, the Georgia center, the Georgia Institute for transitional justice found that even when you adjust for criminal histories and like other aspects of a defendant's background, like, uh, black men were spending like a year longer in jail in Athens than white men for the exact same crimes for the exact same crimes. And so, and this is all shit that like a district attorney can fix because she chooses, she hopefully if she wants, will choose what cases to bring against people. So she could just be like, you know, make a little balance. Yeah. Canada's name is Deborah Gonzalez. She's a former state house representative. Um, now running for district attorney, actually an entertainment lawyer, but, um, very committed to like racial and social justice. But, I think one of the most badass things about her is that Kemp, Brian Kemp, actually tried to steal this election mm-hmm. by just canceling it and appointing someone <laughs> as her DA. She sued him in Superior Court and won to get the election to uh, happen. That's what's up. Yeah, she was, was sued him and won to get the election to happen. So, like, I, mean, I guess Kemp's having a bad week, isn't he? Like, first Trump blames him for. Georgia going blue and now he's part of the Venezuelan George Soros Antifa conspiracy and then you know this election's about to go down and hopefully she's gonna win she's earned it and so we're gonna be out here knocking on doors for the whole next week no doubt no doubt and oh and I got the the true pleasure as much as I love knocking on doors and bringing political messages to the masses I got to see Mac in a dress shirt (laughs) And so I felt very, very hashtag blessed yeah. that day. You can't, you can't go up to people's door and shit like with a mask and a biggie shirt that says "Ready to Die." Talk about. Let me talk to you about your local election. <laughs> so had to had to spruce it up a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Now, when this episode is coming out, it's gonna be Thanksgiving. So I know that some of you. A lot of you probably won't be able to listen to this on the day that it drops. But for those of you who are, happy Thanksgiving and all that jazz. It made us a little reflective on everything because this podcast has been going on since June of this year. But it's been in production since October of 2019. As a matter of fact, we recorded almost eight or nine episodes like from October 2019 up to January 2021 before we took a break and we had like nine or ten episodes stocked up and you know just while waiting for a launch date a post-covid post-George Floyd world just kind of made those episodes not seem as striking as perhaps we wanted the show to come out being off the jump And not only that, but we were also green. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We were trying to figure it out. So the format of what we recorded back then is not what we do on a weekly basis now. But just kind of celebrating anniversary-ish, you know, of the time that Mariah and I have spent working on this show. And Joel and Taylor and the whole, you know, everybody, the whole team of everybody that helped us bring this podcast to you every week. 
wanted to celebrate a really fly conversation that we had this time last year with Mike Seatown from the popular YouTube channel Dead End Hip Hop. It's a hip hop music review channel. We were talking about like problematic aspects of mainstream hip hop that we all still love anyway. And then that kind of turned into some other shit. It was all over the place, but it was fly. And we ended up bringing Mike Seatown back now so that we could talk to him just to, you know, get some of his thoughts fresh in the post-COVID, post-election, post-George Floyd world. Um, so we're going to get into that after the jump, and I'm definitely going to be back with some new raps because the shit that I spit last year, I don't like anymore. <laughs> Uh, this week we're having a discussion about the problematic aspects of the mainstream hip-hop we can't help but love and where, if at all, a line exists that we can't cross as self-identified progressive people. We're going to be talking about problematic music that you can't help but dance to nonetheless. Music to fight a turn off, even if the lyrics themselves are a turn off. And I want to talk a little bit about the concept of sonic narratives, as it's been argued by hip-hop feminists by hip-hop beat that tells a story might be different a little bit than the lyrics, the lyrical content of the, of the song itself, which allows consumers to turn off their critical listening ears and enjoy the story that the sounds can tell us. And we'll be contemplating the possibility that, you know, the old slogan goes, for your mind and your ass will follow, but perhaps it is the other way around. Perhaps. And talking with us today, we're going to be uh, having this discussion with one of my favorite people, Dave. Officially, I guess officially you can call him a music critic or a music personality. He's making somewhat of a stank like, he's face. He's making that. stank faces that I'm saying that. Nigga, I don't know what to call you. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking with my homie uh, Mike Seatown from Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, Dead End Hip Hop's music review, review channel on YouTube that I personally have been watching for like, what is it, like nine years now? Y'all have been, y'all are in your ninth year? Yeah, I mean, I started watching in 2011. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Shit. Hey, so, so, Mike, why don't you uh, tell, tell the people a little bit about yourself, for, the, for those who don't know you. Um, for those of you that don't know me. Um, yeah, so Dead in Hip Hop, we do album reviews. We do uh, culture conversations. Um, outside of Dead in Hip Hop, we also have a podcast called Is the Mic Still On? where we talk about stuff outside of hip hop. Um, we even talk about movies. We have another podcast called Frames Per Second. Um, but outside of all that shit, I also got my own shit that... Mac did not mention. Oh, but, um, that's why yeah. I passed the mic to you. I, <laughs> I, have, you, I, I you know, the podcast was gonna pass the mic because it's, it's only me here. You know, the other dudes ain't here, so so we're gonna talk about me. But yeah, uh, I have my own YouTube channel as well, where I talk about records, talk about um, I don't know social issues, talk about whatever. Um, MikeCtown dot com. That's M Y K E C T O W N dot com. Check me out. You guys gotta check it out. And also when you um. When you check out the Dead End Hip Hop channel, there's a review that they did of this guy, Dope Nice album, Things Got Worse. Sounds Shit, fucking terrible. Found, sounds like a travesty. Don't listen. Just check it out. Don't listen to it. But speaking of music, we do listen to, despite it from an ideological standpoint, being somewhat of a dumpster fire. Let's get into the topic of today. I guess the first thing that I would want to know is, are we operating for a, from a standpoint where we think or consider everything that a rapper says to, that we take it literally. Like, they definitely mean that shit. 
I'm only asking just because going by me, I would imagine that to a certain base degree, a lot of rappers probably say shit in songs that they wouldn't say in real life. No? Do we disagree? I, I kind of just a little bit of a okay, disagreement. Like what do you mean? Well, because I, I, I was listening and you were saying that, you know, it, it kind of seems like uh, rappers will say things in lyrics that they wouldn't say in everyday life. Yeah, I might take and issue I'm not with sure that point I, also. Because yeah. they might be also calling somebody a bitch. Absolutely. Like at the, at the strip club as I, much as they would in their actual songs about yeah. being at the strip club. I guarantee that rappers that are calling people the FAG word are doing it in real life. And probably on a regular basis. I mean, would you say that is the norm? And I mean... Those I are- think Vinny Paz probably calls people that the, the F word on a semi-regular basis. Even if it's like a quote-unquote joke, or if it's like, I'm angry. He's using You that know, as devoted hip-hop listeners, we're no strangers to misogyny and hip-hop lyrics. I think there's female as well as male rappers who be calling ladies bitches and hoes and otherwise describing women disrespectful terms. Explicitly describing sexual acts, the less goes on. Um, the same can be said of depictions of violence and drug activity in hip hop songs, which I think y'all will be talking about a little bit later in the episode. Um, but at the end of the day, what people really resonate with is the feeling that the beat and the cadence and the rhyme of a song conveys. It's like it tells a separate story from that which is actually being manifest in the lyrics itself. I think that you can sit down or you can stand up rather in the club and hear a song and not necessarily parse the specific topics that are being talked about and how they're being talked about, but you can be moved by the story that the beat tells you and by the aesthetics of like the rhythm of the delivery, the style of the delivery, the way the the words coalesce around rhyme and things like that that like all together kind of get put you in a mood and that transport you in a sense through it, the purely art like creative aesthetic side of of the music before you get to say like well he said what now well I mean I I, I definitely can vibe with that but the I just don't necessarily know if that is most of the case or some of the case or you know what I mean like cause I definitely feel that there's some songs that that is the reason that people like it you know what I mean like I think if you took a song like Bad and Bougie with the same exact beat same exact cadence same exact flow and you simply change the concept of it I don't think as many people would like it is the concept offensive I've never really paid attention it's to that song it's not necessarily a matter of the concept I mean, being I offensive like Migos, so but that's, that's yeah. what I mean, against them that's, obviously, that's where this yeah. conversation kind of like to me gets interesting because it's like what do we mean by problematic first of all let me just say I'm coming from the standpoint of I don't use words like problematic the way the motherfuckers use words like problematic. Like, I would never describe some issue I took with music as problematic. Well, give me an example. A short one, of course. That's what the is thing, it talking about? Because that's the thing. Because if you ask me, I've heard Bad and Bougie probably dozens, if not a hundred times, right? Mm. But I can't tell you what it's about. Because I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Because that's not what matters to me. Because you don't sure. know what the fuck they're saying because of the new style of rap that's emerging. Sure. That is, is instead, like, appealing because it has a certain cadence to it this sort of indecipherability mm-hmm. that, you know, might be purposeful, but really just, you know, creates this aesthetic aura around it that you get down to regardless of what they're saying. And then the beat itself. Sure. That is why people are listening to it. But if, so if Bad and Bougie were about 
hygiene and good relationships? Do we like? Do we think like people would be like, yeah, no rap fuck song about that. hygiene and good relationships <laughs> is gonna do well. But that's what I'm so, saying. No. It's like it's uh, it's almost as if like. But to the to the to the counterpoint though, we don't know what bad and bougie is about. That's true, but I don't think that what it's about is necessarily relevant to what is said. And let me make sure that I read this right. My bitch is bad and bougie, cooking up dope with the Uzi. My nigga's savage, ruthless. We got 30s, 100 rounds too. Now, to me personally, again, disclaimer, over a hot beat with a dope cadence, niggas is in the studio fucking around. I think the shit's fly. I have no problem with it whatsoever. But there you have it right there in the lyrics. We got misogyny, my bitch. Cooking up dope, glorification of drugs. With the Uzi, glorification of uh, guns. My niggas are savage and ruthless, feeding into stereotypes. We got 30s and 100 round two, more stereotypes. I don't think that most people found Bad and Bougie to be a problematic song. But we just heard the lyrics. I mean, it is what it is, right? Sounds about right. Sounds like a good Friday. My bitch yeah. is bad and bougie. My niggas are savage and ruthless, cooking up dope with the Uzi. I mean, like I said, I don't. That find... to me is such a generalist song. I it's mean, just like it touches yeah. on all the points. <laughs> but it just drugs. I got some guns. They're covering all bases. So then, so then that's like, what I said. They're covering all the bases. So, so that's it's what I not, mean. See, good that's, business. So that then, to me doesn't even register as like a problematic, a highly problematic song because no. it's not a pointed so attack. So then that's what I'm saying. On then. any so then person like I I feel like if I had enough time I could find a bunch of black people over the age of. 40 who the lyrics i just read being like the number one hit in a country is highly problematic you know what i'm saying but again i would disagree with them but it's just like so they're wrong but then somebody else who's mad about another aspect of something they're right though i don't know it's just the inconsistency in this shit man i mean that sounds like a bad idea but it doesn't sound it doesn't sound quote-unquote problematic it's not particularly egregious sure to me, and I agree with y'all, it's not problematic to me, okay. right? I know that I have a 64-year-old mother that it is problematic for. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, and they know- now all I'm saying is when she says that to me, I, I, I do, I roll my eyes. But the people, I feel like people who would, the type of people who take it upon themselves to be the arbiters of like, this is problematic and this shit's not problematic, they have a very inconsistent uneven way of doing that shit that just elicits like skepticism if on saturday you're in the club or on twitter talking about how you're shaking your ass to bad and bougie and how you love that song and that's your jam but then on monday mc get busy said some line that you didn't like so it's like oh nah he's sexist though then the only reason that you don't feel that way about bad and bougie is because you don't take it literally. I think as hip-hop listeners, perhaps we are a bit desensitized in terms of what strikes us as problematic because, like, we hear very, like, ordinary allusions to selling drugs and doing this and that in the music all the time. It's not... It's This, to me, is not an over-the-top example of lyrics that are problematic. So that's what I want to get into. What is over the top? What is too much? Because that to me, it's just like another day in the fucking neighborhood. Uh, 
Well, I mean, we, are we talking about solely mainstream rappers, or are we talking about? I mean, rap all kinds. In I mean, all kinds, examples yeah. I brought in were mostly mainstream. Yeah, I don't think. But it, like, I, I, I don't, don't have any mainstream. It doesn't necessarily even have to be something that people dance to, but just something that generally is like. I mean, okay, so like, when you're talking about that Migos song, I guess. It doesn't really phase me that way. It doesn't, way, it doesn't, Again, it doesn't sound wild. I'm being a devil's advocate by bringing up the Migos song because it doesn't phase me. But I feel like the people that would be extremely bothered by that song would get bothered by just about any rap song, period. They probably get disagree. bothered by a common just, song. Just from a just from a standpoint of, and again, this is all anecdotal, but mm-hmm. like from my experience of engaging with people in the Twitter sphere mm-hmm. <laughs> on like conversations like that, that's not the case. That they're okay with most they're rap all, songs, but they're bothered by. It sounds like you know this is my like Chip or Kip that goes to like Georgia Tech and doesn't really have any black friends, oh. and he's bothered by that. that doesn't doesn't it sound like a, a rap fan would pull this song and be like, oh my god, cooking dope with the Uzi? No, I'm done. No, I don't think there's. I don't think for the most part anybody's bothered by Bad and Bougie. It's like it was a hit number one song that people listen to all across the world by the hundreds of millions you know what i'm saying so i don't think that there was any sort of like reaction to bad and bougie as it being problematic as a matter of fact kip with no black friends probably loves bad and bougie more than most black people knows every word especially the niggas of savage and ruthless part probably knows how to rap that whole hook by heart I am not bothered by that. I know you're not, but I'm trying, to, that, I'm trying to parse down the people that are and should we as a hip-hop community even be concerned with these people or should we be more concerned with shit like I'm grabbing snitches and putting them in lakes and ditches and if I catch AIDS, I'm going to start raping bitches. I like, feel, we'll be, we'll be... I feel like the sort of person who would have like some sort of moral outrage against bad and bougie, they also would not fuck with that line that you just said. But I feel like somebody, let's keep it real, somebody younger who doesn't fuck with that line that you just said probably doesn't have any problem with bad and bougie. And if you got like an honest, heartfelt answer from them, I'm pretty sure it would boil down to, well, I like Migos. I don't like that other guy. Which is fine. I mean, some people, somebody rubs you the wrong way that you take their shit more serious than you do other people's shit. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But you know, that is what's going on. At least it feels that way. And I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because a lot of what I came to talk to about today was misogyny in hip-hop lyrics, because I guess misogyny has been more pervasive in my life experience, and so that, to me, is where I draw a line. However, I had not really interrogated the fact that if in a song they're talking about, like, squeezing the trigger, you know, busting Uzi, whatever, I kind of, I don't really hear that. I don't really hear that. I don't really worry about that because that is not as like. I just think it's interesting. I don't think. I, I don't think. think I don't really think you're go, wrong for not yeah. hearing it. I don't. You know what I'm saying? I just. But, it's just, but the fact that you talk about how the influence of one's life experiences then colors what you hear as you know problematic or realistic or or persuasive I, in these songs. I told is, you this, um, is, is interesting. I told you the story. Uh, I think last night or the night before. I'll tell it to you, right? And it's 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 funny because it's like related to the Bad and Bougie song again. So I was watching a basketball game, and this was like two years ago. And um, I was like, whatever feed I was watching, you could see the halftime show, right? And it was like a Boston Celtics game. So this is like Boston, white. 98% white people. In the, you white. know what I'm saying? And the halftime show, there was like this uh, troop of kids who came out to dance, right? 
And it was like, oh, word. Like, that's, that's dope. It was that's like, so wholesome. It was like a troop. It was like 30 of them. A like black all, kid? No, white kid. No. Oh, like, okay. Lily, oh. Lily oh. white. Like okay. eight, eight, nine. Nobody was like older than 10 that's for my cute. eyes, right? Okay. They're but. dancing to an unedited Bad and Bougie. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there watching it. And there was just something about in that moment watching it. And it was like, there's something about this that's not cool, man. None of those kids I don't knew it was know. unedited. Just, huh? None of those kids knew it was unedited. They didn't understand because a single word that came out. But no. I'm, I'm kind of kidding. That is kind of the point because what you hear is you get this, you get this sort of like impressionistic Mm-hmm. View yeah. or experience of the song when it's when it's coming in here when you're dancing on the Boston Boston Celtics court to it that like all you're hearing is like the 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 the, the sum total of the sure. song which is which is musical sure it's not it's not being whittled down into like line by line. Oh, he's cooking up he's cooking up crack with the Uzi. Like nobody nobody's getting to that level with that. So was it more your problem with the white the white kids that were dancing to it? You know, I think that what it comes down to is like if if rich, stuffy white people had a moral problem against bad and bougie and didn't want their children dancing to it, I would like it more. But the fact that they don't have a problem with it just Sets all my spider senses off that something's terribly wrong. <laughs> it seems like there was a time when just hip hop got more pushback for it. Really, what was this? Like the '90s when Cedar Tucker was fucking taking steamrollers to Ice T and Ice Cube. CDs and what did that do? That didn't do anything. How can you say it didn't do anything? That shit was like specifically against misogyny and rap. Like they were. Like, C. Dolores Tucker was doing that shit specifically about songs like Bitches Ain't Shit or Bitches A Bitch or N.W.A., One Less Bitch You Gotta Worry About. Like, uh, that shit was, it was important. I mean, back then, we were rolling our eyes and was like, oh, they're old. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They hating. But, like, 25 years later, you look back at it and it's like, damn, if hip-hop wasn't getting at least that sort of pushback back in the 90s, like, if the gangsta era of rap was just allowed to go unfettered with no sort of criticism from within the black community in the hip-hop community itself, like, niggas might literally be cavemen right now. Literally. Queen Latifah's U-N-I-T-Y. That is a reaction and a criticism of hip-hop from within. Like, these things are important. And what it did is it kind of made more... Like thinking rappers like Ice T and Ice Cube to have to be able to defend their to music. To like reckon with, yeah. Reflect, evolve, or even dig in in their views, but you're confronted with it. And then the next generation of hip hoppers learn, which is why you have a new generation of the generation of hip hop that came after that was more conscious to issues like that. And the generation that came after them was more conscious to issues like that. From a mainstream level, I don't see that shit anymore. That you don't go to. I disagree. I feel like we're in an era where everything gets put on the mic under the microscope to a much higher degree because everybody's got a motherfucking blog. You know, Blavity or Bustle or whoever is gonna make a click quick buck off a clickbait article writing about how Taylor Swift is actually not a feminist or whatever. Like so, um, I don't know, man. I just don't really 
And plus, I mean, this is starting to creep screen. into the area of respectability politics. Boom, and I don't ma'am. really fuck with that. I don't okay. really fuck I'm with that I'm not saying either. you're trying no, no, no. to. Don't, I mean, don't take but, me wrong. But here's but the thing. Here's I think the thing, when, right? you, when you start going down this road, that's kind of where... Cause but, see, see Dolores Tucker was... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. She should be complaining about rap. I know. I'm of a certain age, I'm not going to say. I should be complaining about rap because it's kind of a young person's sport. And I disagree with that. Oh, God. Oh, God. We can't agree on anything. <laughs> no, no. Nas got props because he was a kid that sounded like a grown-ass man. Not because he was a dumb fucking kid that was sounding like a dumb fucking kid on the mic. This aspect of this shit is to be continued. Shit. Yeah, every, every person in the history of ever who got old started decrying yes. the, the habits and the customs of the newer generation Facts. as somewhat deteriorated. Yes. I mean, Going it, back to ancient fucking Greece. Yes, real ill how all those uh, newer generations kept that Greek empire going after all these years, too. They're thriving. If you guys are on the train, that the reason that a 50-year-old in 1996 wouldn't like Nas's Illmatic album is the same reason that like a 30 year old in 2019 doesn't like Takashi 69. I think that's nuts. I don't. Because I guarantee I you, if, you, if you play any rap album nuts. for C. Dolores Tucker, she'd say this is trash. It didn't matter what rap album it was. She just picked Ice Team Ice Cube because they were easily like targetable. Yeah. Yeah. But if you played her fucking, I, I'm trying to think of a, of a clean rapper from the like 90s. Well, if you played her like a, nah, tribe? she might be okay with Will Smith. If you tribe. played her a tribe album, she's going to find something. Oh, wait, Will Smith had, Will Smith had a racist song, yeah. Will Smith had this one had song called You song? Saw My Blinker, bitch. bitch. Oh, yeah, she was you, Asian. You remember I remember that. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Old. You saw, yeah. you saw oh, My Blinker, blinker bitch. bitch. I do remember that. Oh. It, yeah. it was like, yo. He tries Prince to act like that shit ain't happened. It was literally like, yeah. yo, Fresh Prince got that one song where he said, bitch. He said, bitch. You say, what? But did you really say it, though? Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk Comedians or movie reviews Connect with that three hour Philosophy show Change the drive into work In traffic so slow Connect the dishes to voices that glow. 
thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. That's weird as fuck to me. But anyway, we're back. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're talking about... Uh, problematic content in hip-hop songs. Where we draw the line, if any. So which, let's talk about that line. Which line? The line. Like, where is the... I mean, I don't, oh. I don't know if where we established... Where is line. everyone's line? Mike, what is your line on, like, what is it... What are the things that is, you cannot allow the slickness of the rhyme or the beat or however you feel about the song to, like, let what you just heard slide? I mean, I'm not even going to sit here and lie. I don't think I have a line because, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I'm privileged enough to not have to worry about certain things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even even though I'm listening to something and I can critically analyze that thing at the same time, I'm not going to lie and be like, yo, if, I'm trying to think of like, if, if Killer Mike one day slips up and says some really fucked up shit in a bar, I'm just going to be like, all right, I'm done with Killer Mike forever. I'm not a for like, canceling people. Yeah, I'm not either. Yeah. I'm not either. Um, but even even on a personal level, you know, I'm not saying like I'm going to go public and be like, yo, everybody stop listening to this certain rapper. Even on a personal level, am I going to be like, all right, well, I can no longer listen to any of your music because you said this one thing. I don't think I have that. And again, I think that comes from a place of privilege because, I mean, what can outside of a white person calling me, you know, nigger, what is there that a rapper could possibly say that will personally offend me to the point where I have to draw a line? I don't have that issue. So I can, I have the privilege of ignoring certain things. That's kind of what I'm getting at. No, I feel you. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like with the misogyny inherent in a lot of hip-hop music, I don't have that privilege right. when I hear certain things. Take the classic example of Blurred Lines, Robin Thicke, like... When I hear that rapey kind of insinuation being made, I mean, it doesn't help that it's a ripoff of fucking Marvin Gaye. And what so, does he say? I'm sorry. I'm I know so you want it. You know, you're an animal. I know you want it. Does yeah. he, does he, is that legit? Like, that's like that's the, the fucking hook. hook. I know oh, you really? want it. You know you want it. Really? <laughs> you know you want it. It's blurred lines. Yeah. Blurred lines. The idea oh, that like, oh, wow. she's just she's making the club. Like, she <laughs> wow. know what's going on. <laughs> Taking advantage oh, and like domesticating women like the animals. I'm a domesticate like whatever. Like so, see, and you got this face like, oh, ooh. I and do, but if Benny said that shit, I'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, blur them lines, Benny. Because but, it's you know, aesthetic. I know, that's fucked up. That's fucked because up. Because it's aesthetic and you know what? I think the people's reaction should be like, for me, it's kind of like, what do I believe? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I hear somebody say something that does hit me in that spot, mm. then it comes down to, do I genuinely believe that this person is, like, advocating something? 
So it kind of comes back to that like literal question. What do you take seriously or not? I mean, I know with me, I have, I say shit that I don't mean all the time. Either just jokes or I'm just rapping or making a point or whatever. I'm totally open to somebody being like, oh, that's in bad taste and them not fucking with it. Because I feel that way about other shit. But for somebody to make an assertion as if they know like who I am based on that, like I'm not about to meet Al Pacino and start yelling at him about like, why did you kill Fredo? Because I'm sure he would look at me and be like, it's a movie, you dumb fuck. You know, so it's like not everything is real. Yeah, I think with alternative or underground hip hop, as well as mainstream, I, a line I do draw is when people are reporting on facts versus like touting a, like a way of life that others should <laughs> endorse and embrace. So if someone's like, "Yo, I shot a nigga," like I'm gonna just I'm gonna have to just listen to that and not take offense to it because that's just fucking real life, a real last thing that he's reporting like i'm not gonna you know be, but I, I don't know though even in the case where yeah. i'm like yo i'm gonna come by your block and fucking light your shit up like i'm not gonna i'm probably not gonna wince at that because i don't know i it's just normalized. don't really it's I, normalized yeah. i mean i don't know i do you listen to that stuff though does it not yeah. turn, does it does it not turn you off no okay because it does to me like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I, I li- I'm one of those sort of cats where it's like I try to make an effort to listen to, like, a lot of shit and, mm-hmm. and as much stuff as I can just because I like rap. I just like to consume rap. And, you know, I mean, at least be able to say I've heard something once. But, like, because of how I know the stuff <laughs> that makes me feel some sort of way makes me feel, it's like, yeah, like, the none of the beats are hot enough for me to be Excuse like, oh, me. yeah, I'm just going to listen to this all day. You know what I'm Because it makes me yeah. feel some sort of way. Yeah. yeah. And I know that about myself. So I'm not going to like listen to it just so I can get mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if I put on a music video and I see a bunch of like 16 year olds pointing automatic weapons at the camera, like there's no part of me that thinks that that's cool. Therefore, like I don't feel any pressure to like say that I like it or any shit like that. I don't think that it like shouldn't exist or that people who do like it shouldn't be able to like it. I just know that I don't fuck with it. I feel you like when I was younger, you know, I would listen to sex style all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I would listen to fucking cool Keith records. I would listen to Necro records. But as I get older and yeah. I start realizing like, yo, nah, a lot of that shit you're saying is really fucked up. You rapping about chaining women up in your fucking basement? Nah, bro, I can't rock with that anymore. That sounds... Probably would yeah. draw a line. No, no, no wait, Yeah, that, that, I mean, I did when I was younger. And the thing is, uh, when I was younger, I felt like... I was really in this struggle. I was out in these streets and this this quote-unquote PC thing. But I was still listening to the shit and it didn't bother me. But as I'm older, it's just like, man, nah, that shit is really fucked up. I, to me, it's the, the... To me, listening to old stuff like that, the pointlessness of it is what gets to me. You know what I mean? Is It's just like... It's like it's not funny because i'm not 16 anymore exactly you feel what i'm yeah, saying yeah 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 but again you but know they this, weren't 16 when they made isn't that kind of weird yeah but but again <laughs> it all goes you know i know that people you know the common consensus is that intent doesn't matter and it's all it only thing that matters is what happens mm. but yeah. 
you know, t- there's a certain there's a certain level of like necro, for example, right? Like as a specific example, necro, where it's like, you know, I I know that necro like has like a family with like you know what I'm saying, and, and nephews and nieces, and he's like. He, and I know that he's like really into horror movies mm-hmm. and, and old Italian horror movies and stuff like that. So from that perspective, it's like everything or in that in that light, like everything that Necro does in his music makes sense from that standpoint. It's like, oh, this mm-hmm. is like a horror movie fan who's making you know what I mean? Now if the basis is no horror movies are wrong and this shouldn't exist because it's problematic. Well I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's the stance that you I feel that you should come at that. Problem. I don't know, Chagman. Okay. Okay. Um, Necro is a, I guess you could call him a. He's a hardcore rapper. To put it simply, more simply than it should be put, he's the sort of rapper who like he watches horror movies a lot, and he'll be like, "Yo, I'm gonna write a song as the slasher who's going after the babysitter," and the whole song will be from the perspective. You know, what I mean that that sort of shit. I kind of sort of get what you're saying. Like, um, like. Because I mean, a lot of the, a lot of those old Italian horror movies, those Yalo movies, are very much misogynistic. Because it's, it's like usually the, about hunting and killing women. It's yeah, the intent, so I, is what I'm I saying. get like, it. Do, do but at I, the same time, he's not stupid. He's not. No, he's, he's an not, adult, he's and he should know. Like, yo, I put this shit in here, and and you're, that's what it is. I feel you're. You know absolutely what, Matt? Right about that. I'm hit you with a different one. Okay. All right. So remember, remember back in the day when uh, Rick Ross had that line about putting the pill in her yeah, drink, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. know it. And everyone was outraged. And I mean, I didn't listen to Rick Ross anyway, so it didn't make a difference to me. I was like, either way, I'm not listening to his music. But I understood why people were pissed off. And I was like, yeah, that's a really fucked up line. Why would you say something like that? That's crazy. And then I remember... Um, no, it wasn't a Necro line. <laughs> They're on, the, on a Run the Jewels album. Um, no, neither rapper said it, but Prince Paul had like this interlude type of oh, deal. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, yo, it's probably that half a molly yeah. I put in her drink. Yeah. And I remember I listened to the album probably 35 times, and that line never, ever even popped out to me at all. Yeah. And then it was just one day at the gym, I was like, damn, that's kind of fucked up that he, like, even, but at the same time, I don't skip that song. Because it's the intent. Is but it? what is the intent, though? I, mean, I, don't I have know. no what idea what the intent, intent is. You have no idea what they're t- thinking when they write, write this. He's trying to be wait, funny. Wait. Is that is the intent? Is he trying to be funny? Is when he being I, serious? Like, Did he really do this? Listening to that skit. I mean, maybe I'm just like, look, but I don't hear that skit and think, oh, man, Prince Paul's being a really, that's like a really cool dude. Like, yeah, that's like awesome. Like, it's, I think they're like satirizing, sure. like, a, a, you know what I mean? A type sure. of person. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. That, like, but again, it's just like all specific. You know what I mean? It's like, it's that specific line and what I interpreted it. But as. let me ask you, Mike, why don't you skip over it? Not as a challenge to you, but like, what no, no, makes no, yeah. it make it so that yeah? Because no, I'm interested. I'm interested. No, because I'm interested in like what makes it so that people get, make give a pass yeah. on certain music. I think it's personal. Because I, I think- definitely have music I give a pass on too. Yeah, yeah. I think again, it goes back to the idea of I have the privilege to ignore it because I, as a man, I know it happens. But it's a lot less likely that I'm going to go to a club and someone's going to spike my drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's not something that I have to go out into the world and really worry about. So I have the privilege of saying, you know what? Yeah, that's fucked up in the sense of I wouldn't want anything like that to happen to any of my, of my friends. But I personally don't have to worry about that. 
And also, it goes back to the aesthetic thing that we were talking about earlier. It's a fucking dope song. And I have that's I just literally, what it is. I've listened to the shit out of RTJ, and I can't even pick out what you're talking about. I don't it, even it remember. It doesn't jump out. I don't out. even remember. I don't even remember. See? Yeah. It doesn't jump out. I mean. Because it's the aesthetic experience. And that's not even me it's trying to criticize package. RTJ. It's just, yeah. it's just a no, matter of. Because, I, mean, I mean, Mac is right. They were obviously, you know, trying to be tongue in cheek. I just. But that goes to the thing you're talking about earlier, though, that if I just handed you that line and nothing else, you had never heard the song. If I just put that line in front of you where he's like, why is this girl so happy? Oh, it's probably the half of Molly I put in her drink. And I just gave you that and walked away. You're going to think, oh, my God, run the jewel supports rape. So should they have to explain that or should you actually have to like bear the responsibility to go hear the entire song and determine, okay, are they actually endorsing scumbaggery or? It, it all comes down to like a personal choice all the way around, in my opinion. It's personal on the fan on how they want to interpret it and it's personal on the artist and on how they want to interpret it. For me personally, like my most popular song, I have a line where I said, Obama killed way more kids than Adam Lanza. I, I wrote that in 2014, I meant every single syllable of it when I wrote it, because it's how I felt. You fast forward two, three years after that, and if I'm doing a show, I got to like think about how I'm going to rework that line, because somebody could come up to me afterward and be like, hey, so I heard that shit you said about Obama. So like, what, do you fuck with Trump or something? Now, as an artist, in that situation, you can have one of two reactions. You can either have the reaction of, I don't give a fuck what you think. You can think whatever the fuck you want about my shit. I ain't explaining shit. Or you could be the sort of artist that's like me that's like, oh, man, I I don't want somebody to go away with the wrong impression than what I intended to elicit with the art I made. So let me explain that. And it just comes down to comes down to that that interaction right there. You know how many parties I've gone to and someone finds out like like Dead and Hip Hop did this thing with Patreon in uh, in California. And this white dude came up to me and FIFO and found out that we did hip hop stuff. And I can't remember exactly what he asked me, but he asked me something that required me to defend some kind of lyric. And you can ask FIFO. I got my shit. I stood up and I walked away. And Ralph asked me later, he's like, why? And I was like, bruh, I'm not doing this with people. Like he, he, he wasn't curious about my opinion. He had his opinion. He was waiting for me to give half of mine so he could give all of his. It was not an inquisitive question. And I can sense that kind of shit out. This dude didn't listen to rap. He clearly didn't. You know what I'm saying? So it's di- like if you came up and wanted to ask me like, yo, what do you think about this? Yeah, sit down. Let's talk about it. But some random dude off the street in a fucking Abercrombie and Fit shirt? No, nah, bro. And that's not like a racist thing. He could be black, white, whatever. But I'm just not going to entertain that kind of shit. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, Dope Knife here. So that was uh, just part of the interview that we did with Mike Seatown a year ago. There's still an hour and a half of that interview left because we didn't know what we were doing back then. So who knows, maybe sometime in the future, we'll post the rest of that up. But, um, fast forward to now present day. Um, we brought Mike back on the show just to touch base, just to get some of his thoughts and pick his brain a little bit about some of the things that have happened in between when we recorded that interview. And now, um, yeah. So how do you feel about the way that rappers are engaging with our current political moment? <laughs> or just the current life moment. Life moment, you know, whatever moment this is for. This moment that we're yeah, this moment in human history. Do you think in general rappers are like? Well, what do you think about what they're doing? Yeah, what do you think about these cats? I mean, I, I, I guess it depends on who we're talking about. I mean, Let's talk us through a couple um, in your eyes. Of maybe the highlights and then some of the lowlights. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't honestly know that I have any highlights, man. I mean, <laughs> mm, I mean mm, damn, son, it's not like, that bad out here. God, Jesus, it, it kind of is, man. I don't really see like. I know this sounds bad, but I don't really see a lot of rappers that are like really stepping up to like. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least not like these like mainstream guys that have like a lot of young eyes on them. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I'm kind of just like let down by, you know big time mainstream rappers right now. They're like, they're just kind of more focused on their money than they are people. Man, what, what else would you expect really from a mainstream rapper anyway? I mean, I mean, it's like they uh, told you, they've been telling you for years. They don't basically. give a shit about nothing, but, but the paper, but I, I mean, I, have, I am of a mind that like, if you don't have something to say, don't just say something to say that is something. True. That is true. So I, I admire that some folks are like, Hmm, I don't really have anything intelligent to articulate about this situation 
and they don't. Because when people do, they start running up saying shit and everyone looks to them like a leader of a movement when they're like not actually on the ground doing the organizing of these communities. Then it's just like, shut the fuck up and like let us do what we're doing. So yeah. I actually am very thankful for those that have not spoken out on the current. <laughs> uh, That's fair. I, I wish everyone had a good take or like, you know, but they don't. So it's better that they're quiet. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be in a recession? Didn't like 40 million people lose their job and shit? And it's just like, I don't know. the That hasn't affected the big money talk at all. You know, it's it's almost like made it kind of worse yeah because now now you're really bragging to people that don't have shit and then you're wondering i know this sounds bad but then you're wondering why you know shit that happens to people like boosie and then shit that happens to people like benny the butcher like i was just now you wonder to- why these things happen like you're fucking bragging about your chains and all this shit and then you're riding through neighborhoods where motherfuckers don't have anything and you're riding around in Rolls Royces, yeah, of course you're going to get run up on. Those are just two names in, like, a list. There's, like, been, like, five or six cats who have been shot in Texas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's been, you know, weird because it's all been happened, you know, bunched up in a short amount of time. But then you just have to wonder, coincidentally, last weekend, there was, like, one of the longest food lines that we've ever seen in American history really? in Texas. You know, mm-hmm. like 6,000 cars were lined up for a food bank. Right. So does that, that go hand in hand with the desperation that people feel and situations like that? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I look at that because we talked about that today a little bit. But, I mean, I look at that and I, I don't want to blame Benny for what happened. I mean, I hope he's okay and all that good shit. But... With Benny, I don't want to make it seem like I'm like, oh, well, you know, you should have known better. You shouldn't have been doing X, Y, Z. No, that still sucks that you got shot in the leg because somebody tried to rob you. But at the same time, I would think that maybe once everyone calms down and understands the situation and thinks about it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, this was kind of bound to happen. You know, for people that are less fortunate, you can't like roll through the hood in a Rolls Royce. Like you just kind of can't, you know? The last time that we talked, you know, we were talking about problematic lyrics and and things of that nature. So I guess at this point in my life, I don't particularly look to rappers to do these kinds of messaging. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, I guess I don't really look to musicians, period, anymore to to get these kinds of messages out, which I guess that is kind of sad. Isn't it kind of a yeah. Isn't it kind of a bad thing? And I don't mean that on hip hop. I just mean that just in general that we have such a cynical view towards like artists in general. It's like we just we expect the default of them is to, you know, kind of not be worth shit as far as things like that go. Yeah, no. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, it is kind of bad. But I also understand that most musicians are working for the machine anyway. So it's just kind of how things go. And, you know, at the same time, I'm also getting to this point where. I don't necessarily want to put that burden on musicians anymore. I think that people having access to social media and all this, they should kind of know who to look to. Like, I don't, I don't think people should be going to Lil Wayne to get political advice. You know, I don't yeah. think that people should be pulling up a Kanye West tweet to say, oh, you know, what do I think about this bill? Or, you know what I mean? Like, at this point, we all have access to 
the direct thoughts of political analysts. So why are we still waiting for fucking Pusha T to tell us who we should vote for? I can I can give you kind of an answer to that. We shouldn't no one should be looking towards Donald Trump for anything either. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Because like he's the same manner of celebrity. No one should be looking to Paris Hilton to get any advice about anything important. Nobody should be looking. Yep. But unfortunately, we're just in that reality to where we are to the yeah. to the tune of 71 million people. You know what I'm saying? Who it it, it it's it's I I don't I don't think I think the the biggest explanation for it is celebrity and the yeah. celebrity culture that we live in where and you add in social media where people can cultivate these like bubbles and these mm-hmm. cults of personality you know in in a on a positive note for artists you can use that to sustain yourself and to strive you know and you cultivate yeah. your fan base that'll support you no matter what and they're going to ride with you but then if you see what what happens when you add in a couple of a uh, couple million dollars and some political uh political strategists and shit like that and you can make a megaphone that just hypnotizes people in a way so i guess in a certain way it's it's kind of out of people's control to to a certain degree yeah i don't know i go i go back and forth about this quite a bit you know this whole idea of i want i want rappers to talk more and then i start thinking like why should they have to like an artist's job is to create art right and on one hand, I'm like, well, they shouldn't be held responsible for anything outside of that. But at the same time, if this is also a culture thing, like, you know, if you're if you're at the forefront of a culture and you understand that your culture is the most popular culture in the world, then I feel like wouldn't you kind of want to make things better? Wouldn't you like do you? Almost like a, would you feel a sense of responsibility because of yeah, it? Yeah, like, if you know, I'm trying to think, like, I can't say Kanye, because Kanye's going through some shit, but, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a rap, like, I don't know. I hate I hate to always throw this on Kendrick Lamar, but, I mean, I guess he's probably the most popular example of this, but if you're a Kendrick Lamar and you know that your words have heavy, heavy, heavy meaning, and they, they you know... Wouldn't you want to, like, at least understand the weight of your words and use them in a way that could make things better? Or would you rather just keep rapping about the same shit that everybody's been rapping about for the last three decades? Part of me wants to say, well, shit, why aren't you using your voice right now to amplify the other voices that are saying like what's going on or what you know what I mean as opposed yeah. to just being a part of the status quo and I don't know I don't know the answer to that so um I saw on Twitter when um like 50 and them were when everybody was getting all maggot out towards the end of the election there that was kind of pissing you off a bit um, <laughs> I mean, as <laughs> as it was all of us, I guess. But I mean, I, 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 the one, one of the people who I just, I knew I wanted to just like sit down and talk and just like pick their mind about what they were thinking during that was you. So, okay. So with Ice Cube, he actually pissed me off the least out of 
the whole group of rappers that all of a sudden started talking. Mm -hmm. Mainly because I don't think Ice Cube meant any ill will with what happened. I think that Ice Cube got played. And And part that sucks is Ice Cube either doesn't understand that he got played or he doesn't want to admit that he got played. But he got fucking played. And my whole thing is I don't blame Ice Cube for trying to use his platform to make things better. I blame Ice Cube for being ignorant enough to think that this was going to work. Like, I didn't see this contract with Black America. I I never signed on for this shit. And if I had a choice of the people that I would want to represent me in something like this, no offense to Ice Cube, but it wouldn't be Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? So like, I but I don't blame him for taking his contract to Biden and Trump. I think what sucks is the narrative got switched up after that to where it was like, oh, the Democrats ignored Ice Cube and Trump listened to Ice Cube. When it was really like, nah, man, the Democrats saw that your shit was basically in line with what they were already attempting to do. And Trump said, ooh, look, a nigger. I can use this nigger to get other niggers to vote for me. And that was all it was. And, and the, unfortunately, Ice Cube never saw that. And I, that's that was that's what I meant by disappointing. I didn't mean it was, it was disappointing oh. as in he was like a bad person. It was disappointing as in, yeah, I, you know, I grew up thinking that like if something like that happened, that Ice Cube wouldn't be able to, or Ice Cube wouldn't be able to get like played by some punk ass politician like Trump. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. That, you know, so it was just kind of like a finding out there's no Santa Claus type of shit. Like, ah, oh, oh, man, that could have happened to me. He's just a regular. Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but look at it from Ice Cube's standpoint, right? Ice Cube just got into politics. He said this. Yeah, true. He said this. He just got into politics. He writes up this contract with Black America and almost fucking immediately he has the president calling him being like, yes. Let's talk. And he's like, whoa, shit, this was easy. That's all I had to do. Wait, I want to ask you something really quick. Were you actually surprised by not Ice Cube, but people like 50, Wayne? Were you actually surprised by their stances on this? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. 50 was trolling mm-hmm. to a degree. Yeah. But... No, I wasn't. And and this is this is part of the thing, right? And it's like we're it's not going to work with what we had recorded before, but it's kind of like a uh a, th- a thesis that I've had where it's like, yo, I think a lot of these rap niggas are right-wingers, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. I think I think we're I think we need to stop getting in this mode. And I think that the Trumpism stuff is kind of like bringing, bringing, making this more of a point. But we need to stop getting in this idea that like being black is a progressive mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. I'm with you. Yep. <laughs> like that, that's not, that's not how that works. Like that, you know, so, so with that being as like, we need to understand that the fact, the reason why a lot of black people vote Democrat or I should even say why a lot of black people vote against Republicans is because Republicans have openly embraced like weird Nazi shit Uh and fucking Klan shit. You know what I'm saying? Instead of them, if Republicans were just smart enough to be like, yo, let's 
I'll just be racist, <laughs> but let's not say that we're racist. <laughs> like, let's, like, yeah, let's just, right. let's, let's, just be, let's be like, we love money. <laughs> F- fuck poor people. We love money. Let's fuck poor people. I love shit. Jesus and my guns and blah, blah, blah. Yo, you'd have a lot of black people in America that would be comfortable with that. Yeah. Like, for real. They're like, oh, well, yeah, right. that sounds good. Yeah, I, that's rapped about the same shit like exactly. last week. Yeah, I rap about shooting guns and hating gay people all the time too so let me get in you know what i'm saying yeah. so, so i think that's part of it and i think trump in his connection to hip-hop in the past like the sort of the figure the the the, the stature that he had as a figure yeah i think that's helped come into play to where i think a lot of guys i, I might even heard ebro talking about this on the show once but i think a lot of cats are, are silent because it's like they don't really have that much of a problem with shit. I mean, 50 Cent in his troll summed it up best. I know Trump doesn't look like black people, but damn, 60% in taxes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's like they've been telling us this for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's about time we listen. I feel that. So, Mikey, thank you for coming in and talking with us, man. One more time, uh, let the people know where they can find out all the stuff you're doing sure um you can find me on dead and hip-hop at youtube.com forward slash dead and hip-hop you can find me personally um through my own avenues at mikectown.com m-y-k-e-c-t-o-w-n.com i do other kinds of reviews talk about records talk about other nerdy ass shit you know so yeah you can get all your bases covered Y'all make sure you go check that out and support. Thanks for coming on to come in. Well, that brings us to a close today. And uh, I guess I'm going to be the one closing this off, aren't I, Mariah? We got a little carried away with that interview. This is the second episode in a row with no music review. We got to do a long one for y'all next time. Yo, Joel, let me get a beat. One more time. Make sure you follow uh, Dead End Hip Hop. Check out Mike C-Town and their reviews. Follow Lingua Franca and Dope Knife on Instagram. Follow Dope Knife and Lingua Franca on Spotify. Subscribe to this podcast. Thank you guys for supporting. One year old. Can you believe it? (laughs) Yo, yo. Y'all swimming in the kids' pool. I'm trying to let the world know. I even got the drip, too. I'm pimping in the fur coat. I hit you with the big stool. That's why I'm sipping Merlot. Now get up off my dick, fool. You probably call your girl bro. I'm knife. I ain't wonder. I rhyme when I'm in slumber. My mama will whoop my ass. So my music, I hide it from her. I bury these rappers not in the casket, but lying under the gap. Spraying out more lows in a Brian Pumper. I'm the precipice. Ain't nobody fresh as this. And it's like my Bible. Yo, this rash, my will and testament. Mainstream niggas wanna tell me I'm irrelevant. Dog, I will reach until your ass pull out your skeleton. You'll never win. That was uncalled for. That was uncalled for and problematic. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm gonna try to do better. <laughs> hey, I'm Lingua Franca. I'm Dope Knife. We are waiting on reparations. We'll see you next week. See you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.